Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The Promise, directed by Terry George and released in 2016. The plot of the movie goes something like this. In 1914, an Armenian medical student struggles to survive the genocide of his people. Okay, so uh, before we get into the spoilers of this movie, which is out in some places at the moment, it's already been out in other places, um, we're going to have a little uh, spoiler-free section. So, um, Mel, should people see this movie? Yes. Yes, I think they should. I know that you have some problems with it, and we'll get into those later, but I actually really quite enjoyed this movie, and I thought it was a really good movie for our times. Um, it focuses on something that's not very well known, the Armenian Genocide, which was happening alongside World War One, And the story is very relevant because it's the story of refugees and it's the story of people being persecuted by their government and the state. And it, Well, that's kind of the setting of the story. The story itself is about a kind a of love triangle, mortal kind love of, triangle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the big broad scopes of it, like especially the – the way, for me at least, the way it made me empathise with the refugee experience, I think that was, to me, the big selling point of the film. I think the actors were all really good. Mm. Um, Oscar Isaac and Charlotte Le Bon, who we were starting to see in a couple of things, um, even Christian Bale and some of the other actors uh, whose names I can't remember off the top of my head right now, I just thought they did a really good job of making you feel for these people. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's – I don't think it's terrible. I think there are definitely some good bits. I think there are some good parts of it. I also think that there are some – I think I was more frustrated because I would get be getting really into it and really enjoy a scene and then right afterwards they'd have a bad scene that was like badly written and cheesy and tropey and annoying. And like I really um, – I was interested in the historical relevance. Um, I think it's an important film and a worthy film and all that sort of thing. I just don't think it was executed very well. I did like the actors. Obviously, I liked the actors. One of them is Oscar Isaac, um, and I like him in everything. But, like, it just frustrated me when it went from one cliche or one convenience to another when every single kind of second scene I was like, oh, that's convenient. And the characters are just kind of there to serve the plot. Like, the plot drags them wherever it wants to go. It um, also feels like it's done cheap. It feels oh, like yeah. it's… Well, the, very low budget. Yeah, the special effects are really not good. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean… Like you, I think it's a important movie. I know a lot of um, uh, uh, there have been. I've seen a lot of um, articles and things like that online from Armenians saying, "Please go see this movie." Um, the Armenian genocide has been denied for a really long time, and it's a really important topic. I just don't think this is the movie that serves it well. Mm. Okay, that's our spoiler-free section. Okay. Shall we get on to the spoiler parts of the movie? Yes. Uh, should we skip right to the end with Anna's death? Because God, that annoyed me. Yeah, me too. Was it was going is, really well up until that point. Or well, uh, <laughs> was going. I thought pretty well, and then I was just like, "Really? That's what you're going to do?" Well, it's really? also it's so late in the game, and she dies in the worst possible way, like the dumbest possible way. She drowns. She doesn't even get hit by a bomb. She drowns mm. while Oscar Isaac is trying to save her, and she like sinks into the water. And you're like. How? How is this happening? When it's never set up that she can't swim, but if she can't swim, surely Oscar can't swim. Well, I think she's more cosmopolitan than he is. They lived on the beach well, for I, ages. I was worried he wasn't able to swim. I thought she drowned because she put all the kids' life jackets on and didn't put her own on. That was yes, what I thought. but he didn't either. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know how he knows how to swim either because his village does not seem to be on the water or near the water. No, there's a much higher chance of her knowing how to swim than him. Her who's lived in Paris and whatnot, yes. Yes. 
This is, I mean, if they had established earlier on that she can't swim, at least it would have some dramatic payoff. Mm. But it comes from nowhere as well. It's right at the end. You think they're all going to be safe. And then she just drowns, not even like, it doesn't even feel like it's part of the war. It feels like it's over and then she goes. Yep. And it's the it's just the worst possible way to finally kill off the main woman in the movie it's, and finally fridge her for his yeah. man pain. And a total cop-out Yes, of a, of a way to... Oh, resolve the love triangle. Which, well, resolve the love, which, by the way, at that point was like they kept resolving pretty it. Pretty much by, resolved on more than one occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, the love triangle is the worst thing about this movie. Mm. Well, one of the worst things. I, I also feel like it. it's not well directed. Terry George did not do a good job with this. And I'm very firm in that. It is disorienting. It relies too much on shaky cam. It shifts point of view characters in a way that I found very frustrating. Um, I was actually kind of, we saw Cars today and we're going to review that later, but I was comparing the two of them and like whenever we pull out of Lightning's point of view, we're given a warning that it's going to happen or it makes sense within the story Mm. and like it all flows so much better. This movie, you'll be with Oscar Isaac for a good 20 minutes and then suddenly, like out of nowhere, you'll suddenly be seeing the movie from Christian Bale's point of view. Even though he's not actually established as a point of view character in the beginning, Mm. it's established that Anna and Mikhail, Oscar Isaac's characters, are. But then suddenly Chris is as well, even though he's actually kind of the antagonist to our main characters. And, like, it's so jarring and they'll do that and they'll suddenly not show us like the the three of them will be meeting up but suddenly they won't show us where Mikhail is or they won't show us where Anna is and they're the main characters and we won't get to find out until like 10 minutes later that they were with somebody the whole time Mm. it's so confusing and so frustrating to me yeah I found it didn't look good no it didn't look good there were weird shots and some of them were deliberate sort of dutch tilt angle type Mm. stuff but some were just sort of a really odd way to shoot somebody or a really weird angle to use on something I just didn't kind of work well together I was very aware of sort of the artifice of filmmaking while watching this because I was like, that would be shots that would be held for a while in front of a sunset and I would be like, got to get that light, guys. Got to get this shot before the light goes. You know, it didn't feel like it was organic. Mm. It felt like they were showing off this pretty landscape rather than like Mm. they had to leave at sunset for a particular reason in the movie, a plot reason. Mm. You know, it was, it felt very forced. And there's that shot when, we are in Christian Bale's point of view and he goes to visit this town and there are Armenian people hanging and stuff and then they have to escape the town mm. and he sees them all being shepherded into the desert and there's a helicopter, a couple of helicopter shots of him being chased yeah. and you know that they had that helicopter for not very long at all because half the shots are blurry and the rest of them are repeated mm. <laughs> and you can tell that they didn't have very much footage from that. Yeah, yeah. And when they're in Constantinople, the home of his uncle and also the home of Emre's father, they're supposed to be right on the, the what's it called, the Bosphorus, the big the river mm. and, the, and they're supposed to have this beautiful water view and all I can see is just the big map the lit matte painting there and it just looks really awkward and they're like oh no let's do all these scenes out here on this balcony well doesn't it feel like the first shot is a matte painting yes like the first shot the establishing shot of this movie is a matte painting with oscar isaac's new accent over the top of it and i i I snorted at the first shot well and the accent's kind of disorienting because he's putting on an accent all the accents are kind of disorienting though it's very hard to figure out i get what they're doing they're like we're implying that these people are foreign, but we're going to do the whole thing in English, mm. which is one of the conventions of historical filmmaking. But it 
it's weird because I think possibly because we know Oscar Isaac so well or we're so used to his voice, but yeah. it was weird to hear him with an accent. Yeah. Um. I mean, I he is playing a character as well that's not very likable. Right down to the plot of this movie, you're like, why is this what they're doing? Because, like, the fact that uh, – is it based on a true story? I didn't actually look it up. Um, I don't think so. I think this story is fictional, but it's based on sort of true events that happened to real people. Okay, because it's really, like, you're sort of like, why would they make this up if it's not about a real person? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, but clearly it isn't real because there's too much convenience and, in and it. And that's what actually annoys me about the, the coda to the ending where they make up a whole history of that Oscar Isaac survives, that he adopts his niece or his cousin, mm. his, his young cousin, and that um, Christian Bale's character survives and dies in the Spanish Civil War. It was completely unnecessary. And and they uh, and, give and him the worst old age makeup that has ever existed. terrible. It's so bad. It, it, it looks really, really – the it, hairline that they bring forward for some reason and you're like – what? Yeah. Why are you doing awful. that? That's so odd. Um, and it it was completely unnecessary because these weren't real people. This isn't a real journalist. <laughs> I just like that it kind of implies – like the way that he says we lost Chris yeah, makes yeah. it really it's, sound it's like, like the two of them well, got together see, and adopted a little girl but together. But that's how the love triangle was resolved. Yeah. Anna died and so Chris and Mikhail got together and adopted a, a daughter. Well, he lost his first boyfriend, so, you know. He yeah, might oh, as well his get first enough. boyfriend, Emre, who is gorgeous and lovely. Oh, my God. But also had to suffer from the disorienting – Going back to his point of view, when he's shot by firing squad, yes. which should be a huge emotional moment. Yeah. We're kind of going back and we're like, oh, wait, is that Emre? What? Wait, what? We're back also, in Emre now? Um, his, his name was strange. I wouldn't have guessed that it was spelt the way it is because they uh-huh. all say it Emery. I know someone who's Turkish and her son is called Emre, so I knew that one. It's a oh, well-known okay. – it's a really common – it's like calls, Turkish John or something. Everybody calls him Emery in it yeah. rather than Emre, Emre. so I didn't yeah. realise. That actor, by the way, as um, Marwan Kanzari, and he was also in The Mummy, mm. which I did not recognise him from at all in no. spite of seeing this movie and that movie a week apart. But he was gorgeous and just wonderful and very adorable. When he was first introduced, I thought we would hate him because they introduce him through the he's a horn dog routine mm. and then never go back to that, ever. There's never another reference to him being a horn dog at all. No. In, in fact, for the whole rest of his screen time, he's just in love with Oscar Isaac because, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a slightly Isaac. naughty rich boy in love with yeah. Oscar Isaac. That's, yeah. that's that's where the horn dog thing goes. But he meets, but that's the thing. Maybe he meets Oscar Isaac, and he's just not a horn dog anymore because exactly. he's met Oscar Isaac. Yeah, it is. It's basically that. But then they never they never resolve that. They never get back together. Hmm. He, he yeah, they never show them reuniting. He reunites with Chris. Emery reunites with Chris, but no, they doesn't. don't reunite. That's the thing. They yeah. never do. And and Emery saves Chris presumably because he loves. Mikhail. No, no, he knew Chris earlier. He actually knew Chris when they first met. That's right. Chris was at his father's place. Yeah. Yeah. So he did know him. So yeah, that makes sense. They were friends. But, um, and also Emery is like not a terrible person. Mm. Um, because they had to show one sympathetic Turk. That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the convention of the genre and then kill him. It really, it's so like, it's so tropey. Um, it's very much like other Oscar Isaac movies I've seen (laughs) in that it's a very earnest, and like worthy drama that's not very well made. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of um, particularly for Greater Glory, which mm. is about the 
Catholics oh, being killed. It's in South America. One of in in, South American. Yeah, genocide, somewhere in yeah. South America. I don't remember where now. I will look it up while you um, talk about it. But it's it's the murder of Catholics, mm. specific uh, the genocide of Catholics specifically, and this one's the genocide of Christians, Orthodox, yeah, Orthodox, Armenians, yeah. yeah. And he had a much smaller role. He was basically just like a gunslinger, um, which was very entertaining to watch him play. But similarly, like poorly made. Although at least one, this one didn't fit didn't feature child torture. Which well, the I, other one look, did. Look, any movie that doesn't feature child torture is quite good. In fact, I thought it was relatively respectful on the violence. Like mm. the way that the mass grave or the mass killing of the people from the village was shot was like it was actually sort of didn't show, you know, terrible injuries or horrible gore or anything like that probably yeah. because they couldn't afford to have that. But it well, was actually they, relatively sensitively shot. But he sees his pregnant wife. Mm. And then, and like holds her body, but then later on he tells us that her child was cut from her. And I was like, firstly, I didn't even know she was showing based on what I've seen of her. Like she's so skinny. Mm. And I was like, she didn't and have she a do- big- She doesn't really look particularly pregnant. No. no. So I was like, how did they even know she was pregnant? Plus she's, yeah. It, it felt like it was stuff. just for the like extra horror of Yeah, them. exactly. And they, yeah, they, they kind of messed that up. Like she should have been much more pregnant by the yes. time they, did that scene and then and if, it would have been much more of a shock she was too really pregnant and yeah that's right yeah and we were we were awaiting the birth i figured she was going to die in childbirth yeah she's <laughs> this wife who so the whole the promise that he makes is oh, that right i was going to get to that is <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie he is an apothecary and he's been you know working in his father his parents apothecary business all his life he in wants Sirun. to Sirun, armenia and he wants no it's in southern, turkey southern turkey sorry armenia is not actually a country they're just a people um he wants to become a doctor and he can't, but he can't afford to go to medical school in Constantinople. And so to get the money to go to medical school, he becomes betrothed to this girl whose father is wealthy enough to pay a dowry for her and the dowry funds his medical school training. So he gets engaged and then buggers off to Constantinople. Doesn't even bother marrying her first, just gets engaged, goes to Constantinople to train as a doctor with this money. Mm. And that's the promise that he's made. So, yeah. Which – establishes at the beginning that he is a man who is like, mm, I need some money, I'll take a girl with it, I guess. <laughs> and mm. then um, goes off to Constantinople and cheats on her with the hot girl in Constantinople being Anna. But he does at least have the, the what's the word, honour to feel bad about the cheating. Like, he t- takes him a while to actually cheat on her. And yes, only well, she's also got a boyfriend, which is Chris Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, you know, I, d- I have no, like, I feel like women cheat on Christian Bale all the time and it's fine, but <laughs> I, I don't, I'm sorry, that's probably a horrible thing to think, but. Yeah, but um, no, he, he cheats on his, his fiance with this girl that he meets, who I, I would so like to find out the age of, uh, the ages of Christian Bale and Oscar Isaac versus Charlotte Le Bon. Yeah, because she's, can't be that old. Like she's, and, she's and- 30. Oh, okay. It's not as bad as I she, thought. It would I, be. She looks about twenty-two. So I. She yeah. looks very young in this movie. And um, and yeah. Oscar Isaac's thirty-seven. I'm pretty sure. Thirty-eight. Yeah. Thirty-eight. Okay. So he's had his birthday since last time I yeah. looked. And, and Christian um, Bale's, Bale's in his forties. Forty-three. Yeah. So yeah, there's an there age difference an age there. Um, not as bad as I thought it would be, no. but still an age difference. And uh, and she's playing young, but I have a feeling that Oscar Isaac's also playing younger than he is because mm. he's supposed to be like this young, wide-eyed guy who wants to go to medical yeah. school. So and, he can't be. He, I don't think he's playing thirty-seven. No, he's probably playing thirty. Wouldn't yeah. have been what I figured. And if she's playing, you know, twenty-three or something, that makes sense. That makes yeah. Because it seems like she's gone to university and is out like having adventures in the world now. Yeah. That's sort of the age. She looks, you know, maybe twenty-three, twenty-four years old. But either way, 
those two are both cheating. So they have to kind of make Christian Bale rather awful and unsympathetic in order to make it okay. Mm. But they still want us to like him because he's a major point of view character. Mm. So like it becomes really messy. Yeah. Like they do these things. He, there's a scene where he like grabs Anna's jaw and like pushes her head back. Mm. That's really it's horrible verging on it like really, abusive yeah it feels very violent but they always pull it back from abusive their relationship mm. which is it's just a strange way to go like it's a weird if they're not thing, real yeah. people to establish mm. all of these things is weird yeah but it, it's clearly they don't they have to try and walk this line of making him sympathetic but not too sympathetic because we want him to be cheated on yeah and why do they want it like why is it a love triangle what's the purpose of this love triangle to the plot why it it's it's really silly and pointless and it doesn't make you more invested in the characters it kind of makes you less invested well, in that's the characters the thing. it's already a this really broad sweeping grand story mm. and it kind of doesn't need that in there i think i think it could be handled better like you could do a love triangle but you actually make him think about his promise right mm. you you pull back from actually having them showing them have sex which happens like they actually have sex with one another and they spend the night together and while that's happened his uncle's family their house gets invaded their uncle his uncle gets tr- hauled off to jail all this bad stuff goes down in this one night when they're away from everybody so well, no but they get away from everybody because all that stuff is happening yeah. in that night yeah yeah but um, they he also they don't know that's going on at no, yeah. but they know the that family home as well. They but, know that the Turks are, are wiping yeah. out, uh, 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 attacking but the Armenians you, that night. Like you don't necessarily need to consummate the relationship to also for there to be stakes. With yeah, it. and there's other things as well. Like you, there's a lot of ways that they could do that without it being quite so. Like I, I understand clear cut. clear cut. Yeah, exactly. I understand. You know that he's away from his fiance that he doesn't really love his fiance in the first place and all that sort of and stuff. And she's with this older guy who is kind of a alcoholic jerk. Yeah, and so you sort of understand but an that honorable alcoholic yeah, jerk, like and every journalist in every movie and you know, <laughs> since the what, dawn of time. I kept thinking through this, like this promise hasn't really paid off. Mm, not at all, because then he goes back, he does marry her, and then mm. she gets conveniently murdered. <laughs> Very convenient. He sh- she was either going to conveniently die in childbirth or conveniently get murdered. It was as much as I hate the like the trope of it. Having her die in childbirth works much better for the story. Yeah, because then he'd have this kid who he'd want to get out of the country, and he'd be risking everything for the kid. Uh-huh. Like rather than the way it actually works out, where he's kind of risking everything for Anna, but then Anna just dies, and then this girl that we don't really have that much of an emotional connection with, he mm. ends up adopting. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> That's weird. They mm. could they if they had, if it had been like a baby and Anna had died saving the baby and stuff, it would have had much higher emotional stakes. Definitely. Um and it was his baby and everything. Yeah. That would have had much higher emotional stakes than what actually happened. Mm. I know it's gross as a convention, but it's a lot better storytelling. If you're going to use it, yeah. Use it, deploy it well. Also, the fact that, that his entire village gets slaughtered and the only people who survive are his mother and his cousin. Yeah, no one else in the entire village survives. Which is just those bananas. two. It's also when he escapes the um, work camp. Mm. This movie is set up to show you all of the things that happened to Armenians during the Armenian genocide. Yeah. Like, you, we have to, for some reason, see Oscar Isaac go through every single one of them in order to believe it or mm. understand it, I think. It would have worked a lot better if... 
Chris had been a better point of view character and we had seen a lot of this through Chris's eyes because he's investigating it. Yeah, yeah. And he's learning it as it happens, yeah. Right. And then he's trying to report on it and the Turkish are trying to stop him. It would have all been much more interesting mm. and much more effective, I think. But instead we have to watch Oscar Isaac go to get taken to a work camp and then escape from the work, ha- work camp with the help of Tom Hollander from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the second and third one, I think he's I, in. I, I'm... I recognised him from the uh, – what's that movie that I watched? The Night Manager. Yeah. The um, miniseries. Yeah. So, he was a clown who blows himself up <laughs> and Oscar escapes. Then he escapes and gets onto a train that is taking – like it's a death train. It's a, yeah, like concentration the, camp train yeah. full of Armenians. Full of Armenians, which he conveniently comes across and then tries to save the Armenians like the hero that he is, but conveniently falls off the train. into water, comes out of the water, gets to a farm that belongs to Armenian people (laughs) who look after him. Who look after him. Like, that's the most convenient series of events in any like that's the the level of coincidence required to the level of disbelief you've got to suspend to believe that all of this happens to this one guy. In this movie that's supposed to be like historical drama. And they start off with Chris's character Christian Bale's character, Chris they actually start off with him going to villages, seeing people who've been lynched, seeing people being yeah. herded off into the desert. And, like, in as a, in jarring a, as that is, I would have still preferred that to what we actually get. Yeah. And so, why couldn't we have seen him, how, you know, see train loads of people or something? And it all. And if we shifted back to him occasionally while Oscar was yeah. doing all that stuff, we would have kept him and all as of these a point things, of view. Character. I, think are, I think they use, like, the train thing obviously harks back to harks to Nazi Germany, so that gives people mm. a point of reference. And the, the walking into the desert thing, they're literally heading for Aleppo, which gives mm. people a point of reference. So I think it's kind of imp- kind of important that we see the things that are happening to them. Oh, I do too. And the, and the bit at the end where they like with the, they run into the villages and they make a last stand against the yeah. people as the French are rescuing them. I, I really enjoyed that sequence. I Me too. I thought that was really good. I enjoyed it, but I was also frustrated because I thought the, like, the movie goes on for at least half an hour too long. Yeah. It, it's way too long and you – you also feel like the movie's going to end at least half an hour before and you have, that. Point. And a lot of things happen, and then you have this re- that that really artificial tacked-on ending about we lost Chris in thirty-eight, and, and I adopted <laughs> Yeva, and he and she got married when and. The, the, the dates don't quite line up. She's getting married during World War Two, which is like thirty years later, and so she'd be like in forty. Yeah, almost forty. If if because she's like ten in nineteen fifteen when this is happening, and then then she's getting married in nineteen forty two, and like how does that? She, no, nineteen forty. It's earlier than that. No, it's not. It says nineteen forty two. Oh, geez. And so like she's thirty eight or something when she. And not that like that's unusual these days, but in nineteen forty two it was probably quite unusual to get and married not just at thirty eight. Quite unusual. Also, it's and, clearly not. And she's 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 not. young and in uniform yeah. and all that. Like it's sort of meant to imply that. Which really did happen that the people who were born during that war ended up serving in the next one. Yeah. But it was a bit awkward. The oh, ages don't quite awkward. map up. If it was really his kid who was born in 1915, it would have made a lot more sense. You if do was wonder getting married if maybe there was a version of the script that had that happen. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder if there's a version of the script where that character doesn't exist mm. or doesn't survive. Or there it is also, a baby, yeah. Yeah, and there is a baby. It. it it would make sense. And then they were like, no, that's too horrible to do to poor Morel, who never did a single thing wrong except fall in love with Oscar Isaac, which, I mean, he's the only Oscar Isaac in that village. Everybody's going to fall in well, love with but, him. And even even then, it, the way he says, I decided to get engaged to her, it's not – she fell in love with him after she got the proposal almost. Like, she was – the 
She was one of the wealthy girls in the village who had a good dowry. I think it. I think there's it, a bit of both there. You sort of get the idea that she had a crush on him, so he was like, "Well, well I just- can, he's, I can." Lock up this deal then. Yeah. He's like, well, I have my pick of anybody in town because I'm the only I'm Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Isaac in this village. Um, I'm the only Oscar Isaac in the village. <laughs> you know, if you're in a village like that and you have one Oscar Isaac, every girl in the village yeah, is going to want to marry sure. him. Like the fact that he even stayed single up until the age that well, whatever you- age he is in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And you can absolutely see why Emery falls for him. Oh, yeah. His, now, those his, two are so cute I and know. have the most adorable chemistry. They do. Actually, I, I thought that Oscar Isaac and Charlotte Lebon had pretty good chemistry. Mm-hmm. I liked her more than I thought I would. She was really good, wasn't she? Like, yeah. I really liked her. She's very watchable, I think is the word. She's yeah, and compelling. I, I kind of – I didn't remember her that well from Bastille Day. Me neither. I You told me that and I I still can't exactly remember her from Bastille she, Day. Because it's a weird role she kind of she comes has in, in, that, in that movie. No, she's early, but remember she, she plants that – She's the bomb. Oh, she's that one. Yes, guy's yep. girlfriend. Yes, and then, yes. Yeah, it's a weird role. But yeah, once I looked her up, I remembered. Mm. But before that, I was like, mm, she wasn't great in that, but she was good in this. I like her teeth. <laughs> oh yes, I was going to point that out as well. She has like real person teeth. She looks like a real person. Yeah, she's um Canadian, and she just so I was I just assumed she was British for some reason. But she's, I thought she was French. No, she's so. French Canadian. Um, which makes sense. And she has normal teeth, mm. like. They don't. They're not straightened. She or has like one that sticks out a little they, bit, yeah. and then she smiles. And <laughs> but that but, it makes perfect sense, and it works really well in the 1910s costume exactly. as well. It makes her look like a real woman from that yeah, era, especially it, a real woman who has like grown up when she did with the sort of peripatetic existence that she did, and then had her parents die on her young and all that kind of stuff. It puts her in direct contrast contrast with the girl playing Morel, who has very perfect teeth <laughs> in this like sickly looking. Yeah, she was very. I didn't actually notice her teeth because she was really sickly looking i noticed it particularly when she was like in the bed when oscar isaac mm. is like kissing her stomach and all that stuff and her teeth are super perfect veneers yes in 1915 yeah even oscar isaac's teeth aren't like perfect perfect although they're like they're not hollywood perfect Mm. they're pretty good but and then christian bale's like he doesn't open his mouth enough to let us see his teeth, but he's also Welsh, he's, so they're, yeah, like, exactly. they're like normal. So, this is a weird tangent to go down. No, but it's just I something know. I noticed specifically because well, Charlotte Le Bon doesn't have those teeth. In a part of an episode that was cut out some time ago, we actually ended up talking about the reasons that Australian, British, you know, non-American actors get roles mm. is because they look like real people. And one of the reasons they look like real people is that they have like real-looking teeth. They not don't, don't have the, the Hollywood veneers and super white stuff that a lot of Americans have. Yeah, but um, yeah, it 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 works really well with the setting to have actors mm. who don't have perfect teeth, but again, who look like they should be there. I do think the acting and the casting was the best thing about this movie, mm. and like I um. Again, with the reading of the articles and things, I know Armenian people are not a monolith and I'm sure they have different opinions, but a lot of them seem to say, don't worry about the fact that they aren't Armenian actors. Some of um, them are, though. There some are of them some are, Armenian but like the, they were saying, don't worry about the fact that the main characters aren't Armenian mm. actors because we want this movie to be seen by people yeah. because and of the... it is funded by someone I I don't recognise, but the name is like Kokorian or something, which to mm. I is a recognisably Armenian surname. Yeah. Um. So the... Obviously, the most famous Armenian surname is Kardashian. <laughs> um, and uh, Armenian surnames tend to end in like a S-I-A-N. Yeah, um, Mikhail's last name is Bogosian. Yeah. So, it appears And she's Karasian or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, it appears to have been like produced by 
Armenian people. Yeah. And it seems to have also lots of real high-profile support behind it. Um, the Armenian genocide's become a bit of a cause in recent years in mm. terms of there have been court cases and stuff argued by Amal Clooney, among it's- others. So it's got all these high-profile Hollywood people who've kind of swung in support of this movie just to kind of draw attention to this atrocity that was something that happened that is still not acknowledged by the Turkish government. And it has drawn controversy to that as well. The Turkish government are fighting against the movie as well, which is funny because it's just, it's always interesting to me when you see like, and it's happened through history, these movies that aren't terrific movies Mm. get all this buzz and all this controversy and stuff based because of what they're based on. And I know that you kind of like, we've talked about this before, but when you're presenting something that is so controversial or is new and different, Mm. they tend to fall back on really old tropey. But it's so frustrating in this movie because you want to see all this tension and all these terrible, like, Mm. you know, you don't want to see it, but you want to understand it and learn about it and feel for them. And you just keep getting pulled out of that by dumb romantic, especially, God, remember just before they find the bodies from the village, um, Mikhail and Chris have this conversation where Chris is like, how are you going to tell your wife that you cheated on her with Anna? And you're like, is this really the time? Right. We've He's quite literally running towards his village because he's just no no it's just before that yeah like it's like they're going it's, back they're to, going save. to try and find the yeah sorry it's before they come across the bodies yeah. so they're going to try and, and save them um but yeah like, no right pick your moments read the room pick your battles but yeah that's that's what i mean like it's such a it's such a bad scene and they only put it in there because this love story is happening and we've never addressed this mm. but and the 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 relationship between Mikhail and and Chris is really weird because, uh-huh. like, they seem to be friends, but then Chris turns on Mikhail for no apparent reason, even though he doesn't really know what's happening. And then, like, you sort of – they never actually talk about the fact that Anna slept with Mikhail, so we, he never mm. gets that confirmed anyway. Or, like, it, if it did get confirmed, it's happened off screen. Yeah, it's – like, and you're like, what's happening? You can't even follow what's happening in the plot of the romantic, tri- the love triangle. So how are we supposed to care about it's it? A lot. It's just a lot going on in this movie. And you could have happily trimmed it down a bit and it would still a have, it would have had a, probably an even better impact than it did. Yeah. And I like the happy stuff at the beginning. And, and Oscar Isaac, just like when he's so earnest and wide-eyed and young and sweet, is mm. just so gorgeous. Like, he does that so well. The little scene where he dances with Anna and the kids is mm. such a silly, sweet little scene. Mm, mm. And things like that. He just – and the the transition from that to, like, very broken man who has had everything yeah, taken away from him. Which, by the way, if he had his own kid, that would have really solved and, it. Yeah, and it, it, that f- happy stuff is really important as well because it sort of shows the way that life can be really normal one day and go really downhill really fast, mm. especially for his uncle, you know, walking into into Constantinople and he, his uncle is like, you know, this big man in, in town and he knows everybody and he's well-connected and then like overnight when the political mood changes and suddenly everybody turns against you. Again, that's a really, like, good one for our times mm. kind of thing. And um, there's this wonderful kind of disconnect between the liberal elite um, intellectuals who don't acknowledge the differences between them mm. and who are all partying together, Armenians, Turks, you know, white and, and people, it, everybody. And it comes to a head in Anna because Anna is extremely cosmopolitan. She's from a small village and she's Armenian mm. ethnically. But she has she's lived in Paris and she's travelled really broadly and she doesn't 
think of herself as being someone who would be, you know, attacked for their ethnicity. Mm. Again, that's a really important kind of political message. Yeah, that was all fascinating, really fascinating, and also something that is very topical, I think. Yes, I um, agree. Losing track of that, I think, is a, was not great for the movie. And did you notice that when she didn't have anything to do anymore, the thing that they gave her to do was look after the kids? I know, I know. <laughs> like, and it, there's a woman in this movie. What are we going to do with her? I know, she can look after the kids. Especially as she's a woman who, like, okay, she starts off as, like, a governess or whatever but her character is not like she's not really maternal is not necessarily something we've seen we've seen it her is. be an artist i disagree with that she's very maternal she looks after the kids at, at like that's her whole job is um she's the, the governess she looks right. after Yeva and the so little girl many more then she aspects. immediately looks after them when their dad is arrested um i think like she is a very maternal character. It's just the fact that they that they make her a maternal yeah, character. Yeah, and when she's also me. got other talents, like she yes. can draw and she's very well educated and she can speak a bunch of languages. And right. It, it frustrates me that that's all they give her to do mm. when she can do other things, and they only give that to the woman, mm. the only woman left. Like they could have easily done that to poor um, Shoria Dushlu, who like mm. who actually was kind of interesting, but they don't really like. There's a Great line that Oscar Isaac says after she eventually dies, which again was a weird death. Mm, yeah, well, because she survives the genocide, well, the stabbing or whatever, only to die on the road. Although, again, With it's one of those. Not even, he's not even there. Well, and it's also kind of like it's designed to show, you know, the real things that happened. You know, sometimes yeah. people survived something and then they went on the road as refugees and because being refugees is so freaking hard, then you die from infection. But it kind of – they don't really explain that, even though he's a doctor, right? Yeah. So he would be treating her. Because we sh- we're seeing he basically runs a field hospital when they're fighting, right? Yeah. So surely he would also be treating his mother. I know. And he, you see – but you see Charlotte Le Bon treating his mother instead. Yeah. Because they want to give the two women scenes together, but not where they talk about something other than a man. And – it's it's weird. It's yeah. a weird choice. It continues to be a weird choice. They never explain how she died. Like mm. they don't just and like Shreya Dushlu and Oscar Isaac's relationship is actually really interesting. Exactly. Like her instinct when Anna and Chris show up on her doorstep is to tell them that Mikhail is dead to protect him. Yeah. And not she, to, no, not to protect. Well, she says to it's protect to protect herself. him, but it's really to protect yeah. yeah the wife and stuff. But no, to to keep him from going yeah. off with this girl that he's right. in love with instead and of the so wife that he doesn't love. They're an interesting pair, the two of them, as m- mother and son, because the, they're both kind of what's it like morally flexible. <laughs> like well, they'll both kind of we see them both be deceptive or yeah. um, manipulative in order to get their way. Slytherins, um, yeah. There's no. That's what I was going to say. He has this line where he was like, "We're the most similar." Yeah. And I was like, oh, I would have loved to have seen more of that. Mm. But she has a very small role. And again, mm. they're putting too much on this movie. They're trying to put too much into yeah. it. And it's so long already, <laughs> you know, that it's so long. So and long. yet we're all like, but we didn't see this. We didn't see that. Mm. We didn't understand this. We didn't and understand also, that. And also, you don't always know what time it is, like when things are happening. Like you mm. see, you know, when the war starts, you see when Turkey enters the war and then he's worried about it being winter. We never actually see it become winter. No, I have no idea of and the timeline. We, I know. Movie. I. No, because I looked it up, but not until after I'd written the um, intro to this episode that the Armenian genocide happens in 1915. And then at the end, the French Navy comes in and rescues them in September 1915. But mm. you don't really 
get the sense of the passage of time. <laughs> Conveniently to bringing along Chris so that he can be there for the final battle. Oh, God. Yeah. Although I did like the little moment after she died when they connected and you're like, oh, they're going to end up together. That's nice. Um, yeah, yeah. And I liked the French Navy <laughs> and their adorable Marines. I was genuinely uh, Jean Reno. Yeah, yeah, Jean Reno in like this tiny, tiny part as an admiral. And then James Cromwell in a tiny part as Ambassador Morgenthal. Yeah, who, he who had was a, such a good scene too. Yeah. Oh, well, like, I mean, that's wow, a, that was a killer scene. But that's a real person who had a real role in this conflict. So they kind that of that explains it. Yeah, yeah, they wrote that was a phenomenal. That was one of the best scenes in the movie, and he's not a character. <laughs> no, like that that worked. Yeah, man, I was on the edge of my seat for the whole scene. Yeah, yeah, I, that and was that's, amazing. The, we're talking about the minutiae of the problems with this movie, but like ultimately, it's this great kind of important story mm. with these great actors, like Oscar Isaac and his giant eyes, just emoting at you for mm. this long in almost every scene is a wonderful thing to get to yeah, see. Yeah, and it's important that movies are being made about this particular. Um, yeah. genocide that happened. I just and, wish there was a better movie made about it with these great actors. Yeah. Like, it's it's so frustrating because you're always like, oh, God, are we doing this? And they, they the thing is, despite the material, these actors really give it their all. I feel like Christian Bale kind of grew into the role a little. Yeah. Or, like, did better when he wasn't with the other two because he was given such crap when he was with them. Well, yeah, he got bogged down when he had to have deal with, like, romantic dialogue because it didn't And he him. didn't have a lot of chemistry with Charlotte Le Bon, but Oscar Isaac did. Mm. So, like, it, yeah, it didn't – but when he was doing his journalist thing, so I was He like, was fantastic. You know what they could have done is just not had him and Anna in a relationship at all. No, he, he could he just be just somebody this, that Mikhail became friends with. He's they this were person all friends. That w- winds through their lives. Right. Yeah. They could have just been friends and the movie and would the have love been triangle fine. could have been between Mikhail, his wife, exactly. and Anna. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason to include Chris in this love triangle. Mm. And he could have like also like cared about Anna and yeah. been her friend without and maybe even her father figure or mentor type figure without him having to be her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like it could it would have just been better if he wasn't her boyfriend mm. and we didn't have to deal. Like when they meet up again in that mission mm. and the At which guy point who the looks like Keith from BuzzFeed is there. So long. So long. You already think that the movie is winding down at that mm. point. And then, like, he, I was watching that scene, waiting for him to see Anna, going, if I were writing this scene, he would see Chris first. Mm. If I were writing this scene, he would see Chris first. Chris would be, like, conflicted about seeing Mikhail again, but mm. then he would go over and welcome him, and then Chris, Mikhail and Anna would see each other, and there'd be this big reunion, and Chris would have to bear witness to it after just congratulating Mikhail for being alive. Yeah. But no, instead, he's watching from a window when yeah. they – I was like, no, no, take a step back, rewrite this scene, <laughs> work better, work harder. Like, just no – it's bad. It's dumb for them to do that. Yeah. It's dumb. And then like the the scene afterwards would have played much better when he's when Chris is comforting Anna for finding out that he has a wife would have mm. worked so much better. Yeah. If he just like embraced Mikhail for being alive again. Yeah. It would have been amazing. It would have had so much more narrative tension. More resonance, yeah. I just want to rewrite this movie, man. Yeah. It just could have it's let down by that silly love triangle plot. Yeah, that like it's not well put it's just not well made and i wanted to like it and you know there are these scenes that are so when the um so some and some bits are just so affecting when the turk is about to shoot tom hollander yeah 
And like he's like, you have to say thank you to me for shooting this other guy who was going to die from like the yeah, oh, so good. Mm. And then they immediately break that with that weird clown scene where you're like, what is he doing? I yeah, don't understand and it, and what's it happening. It isn't clear what he's actually doing from the way it's shot either. Yeah, the joke that he's trying to tell it's not is funny. I don't get it. Right, right, exactly. And you're like, why is this scene the one that comes after that really tense scene mm. to try and make us like Tom Hollander? Because he's going to die in the next, literally the next scene. And they only have this one scene to make us like him. Well, I, I guess he's also a name actor. So they're like, people will recognize him. So I'm going to, we're going to do something with him. It's so, it's so frustrating. Mm. And that's my experience of watching. And oh God, so long. Like by the whole, the whole last half hour, you were there. I was like, uh, uh, every five minutes. I, I was like, oh, can it be over? Yeah. Even though there's some really good stuff with the fighting. And yeah. and I was really excited as well when um, Mikhail doesn't shoot somebody and instead he yeah. goes immediately to do doctoring. Yes, I loved that. Um, that's and I was like, yes, baby, stick with your strengths. Yeah, well, that's actually a plot point in, um, of all things, Outlander. So Because she's a doctor, right? And she's under an oath to first do no harm. And so they get into many situations where she could kill somebody. And Jamie always steps in because she's under an oath to first do no harm. That's what it made me think of. See... Imagine if then Emery was sent to the front and then he had to fight like yes. and Mikhail was on the other side and then somebody got shot and they both went to help the guy together and that's how Emery ended up like, you know, and then Emery was killed in front of Mikhail. God, the emotional, like, <laughs> that wanted to happen that way. <laughs> Just like, there's so many mm. ways to improve this story with the yeah. characters and the like, actors you already have. Yeah. I thought that was going to happen. I thought they'd have to face each other on the front. No. Firing it's squad. so dumb. It's so dumb. And there's so many ways to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Even using tropes. All the stuff that I've listed as my things are using pre-existing tropes. But they're all tropes that increase the narrative tension rather than decreasing it and constantly yeah. pulling the emotion out of it like this movie does. Yeah. Anyway, we should, we should wrap up. Yeah. Instead of me just – I'll just narrate the whole movie that I would write. <laughs> Well, that's, that is how this show sometimes goes lately. Um, okay. Sorry. So what are you giving it? See, I think it's a movie where normally I would give it two stars. Um, because it's about the Armenian genocide and it is really important and it's a story that I think people should see. I'm going to bump it up to two and a half stars instead. I am giving it three stars because. Um, not because I think it's worthy and important, although I do, but because I did actually find it affecting as well as worthy and important. I would have found it more affecting if I, I like, if I, it, it's so hard to care when it feels so fake for me. It's always, that's always a problem for me though. Yeah. Like if yeah, I can I, feel I how fake it is. I don't think I had as many problems with the fakeness that you did. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm three stars, but it, it would be really nice to see this dealt with better. No problems with Oscar Isaac in this movie, though. No, he was perfect. Excellent. Five stars for Oscar Isaac. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. And he looks good in it, too, which is always, like, I, I could do a rating system on all of the, like, 25 mov Oscar Isaac movies that I've seen based on how good he looks in them. <laughs> he looks good in this one. Well, that's good. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to find the show notes or old episodes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want a hat. If you want to find Katie's review of The Promise or the list of the top 25 best-looking Oscar Isaac movies, mm -hmm. you can do that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we I've reviewed a lot of Oscar Isaac movies on there. At screen underscore queens on Twitter, uh, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens on Facebook, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.